Check, check. Hey. Good evening. Welcome to Compline. Hey. Eric says, good evening back to me. It says right here in very nice writing. It did say stand by. So if you're with us, <laughs> sorry, it took us a little while to get the stream up tonight. We're not exactly sure why that happened, but it did. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight. Um, continuing along in the same vein as I've been talking about the space of our minds. And I want to expand really what I mean by mind tonight. Uh, so I just had an accidental run-in, which was very good. Not, not all accidental run-ins are, are good, but this one was a very good accidental run-in with uh, Caleb and Matt, uh, Caleb Summits and Matt Kaler today and uh, and I had a really good conversation and then I followed up with a great conversation because they were telling me about some stuff that Corey Gilchrist said and they are all brilliant excellent people and I love them so much and the way that they're exploring these ideas that I'm trying to present with me and one of the things that Matt was kind of curious about was okay so I'm talking about a lot about thoughts but how narrow or expansive do I mean by this word thought? Okay, so I'm going to put up some words here. And I'm going to erase some stuff too. Okay, but I'm going to put up the word thought. I've tried to keep things kind of simple, and I think that's been good. In fact, I maybe have gotten too complicated at times despite my attempts to be simple. But I want to put up some other words that... I think would fit along with what I've been calling thoughts. They're just kind of, if we want to speak really roughly, they're the objects that pass through our minds. And even the word mind is maybe a little bit too narrow. Okay, So maybe I can put that up there too. Okay, so I've been talking a lot about our mind and I'm talking about thoughts. But suppose that I change the terms a little bit and maybe you can see what that does for you. Okay. We'll, we'll make them plural. Okay. Okay. How about that? Okay, so I haven't been talking about things. Oh, we're getting a blur. We're going to, my lighting man. Eric, Eric is the lighting and sound guy. Okay. Is it really dark? We're going to go back. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Feelings. Okay, this says feelings. All right, so this says thoughts. Thoughts, we tend to think of thoughts occurring in our mind, but we tend to think of feelings occurring in our heart. But I, what I want to say is that I, I don't actually want to divide these things up. I think that they all blend together in the experience that we have. Um, and you could put also the word, if you don't want feelings... Well, it got really dark. Okay. We also got emotions. We have desires. We could even put, oh, I'm going to need help on the appetites. <laughs> okay. All right. I could go on and on. I, I've been using the word thoughts, but I think it would be fine to talk about these other things because I, I don't, I don't really need them to be super distinct and separate from each other in the way that I am trying to present 
this framework. And when I'm talking about mind, you can include heart. Um, in fact, I'm going to read a little bit from Philippians chapter 4 in a bit, and you can see where the Apostle Paul, in the language he uses, he talks about minds and hearts in the same exact phrase, in the same sentence, right? He's trying to be encompassing. And in fact, I've previously done some study on what the Hebrew conception of heart meant. And it's really the kind of thing in their idea of what heart is, it includes what we call mind. It really just means the inward part of you or the deep part of you is what they want to try to say. So all of these things are things that incur, occur in the inside of our experience. Um, and they're kind of weird because they're not the kinds of things that you can just, people can necessarily look at you or that you could like look yourself at yourself in the mirror and like just see these things, right? They're occurring in this some somewhat non-physical space of the inside of you. And that's really weird to think about, okay? But I'm trying to stretch to describe this experience that we have of thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, and appetites just suddenly, sometimes suddenly, sometimes all at once, sometimes controlled, sometimes uncontrolled, just popping into our interior experience. The other thing that Matt and Caleb were bringing to my attention is something that I don't think I talked about in particular, but is something that I do believe. They were saying, well, we were, we were considering how we don't really have direct control over what a thoughts happen in our minds. Nor do we think that we should try to control exactly what thoughts happen. And I'll, I'll clarify that in a minute, a minute. Okay. So what they were saying is you have these things that happen and, and they, in, in, a, in, a, in a very large way, they happen to you. You don't bring them about. Like you're just walking around, enjoying your day. And these thoughts just come, come at you and they pop into your mind, your heart these different emotions, these different experiences that you have. And so it's not like you put them there. And so in one way, you're not responsible for them. They occur, and you don't need to heap shame, guilt, contempt on yourself for having them. And this is going to get to really what was big for Corey about this. Okay, But what you are then responsible for doing is this big piece that Eric spent a lot of time talking about one Wednesday. I've been talking about two Wednesdays, and I'm going to talk about it again, again, is the responsibility that we have once we have these thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, appetites, once we notice them in our hearts and minds, okay, that we take them captive and put them at the feet of Jesus. So this is the idea of 2 Corinthians that we've been quoting a bunch where the apostle, what did you say? Chapter five. chapter 5, yes. Second Corinthians chapter 5. All right, we're going to get the chapter in there. Good. Okay. Where the apostle Paul and, and Timothy writing together are expressing to the Corinthians saying that one of the things that we do is that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And uh, last time I spoke, I said that we can imagine putting our thoughts in a quarantine box. Okay. 
you, there's a lot of different ways to think about it, right? So, you know, you kind of put it in thought jail or whatever, you know, while you sort things out. Because some of these thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, appetites, and so on. Oh, I, I should have even put images. But anyway, okay. Images is another word. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fit images on this side here. Okay. I think the word thoughts for people uh, brings to mind language, so things that are in words. And some of our thoughts occur very word-like, like they're in English or something like it. Um, but many of our thoughts are, are very pictorial, like they, they, they look like stuff or they sound like stuff. Um, and, and many of our memories especially are like that, but certainly things that, yeah. So all of these things happen, and then we find them disturbing, or we think like, oh, man, I shouldn't be thinking that, or what the heck is that all about, or I'm not sure that's true. Okay, so it goes in the quarantine box. We put it, we take it captive, and we put it at the feet of Jesus. Okay. Now, the extension of this from Corey Gilchrist is really great, okay? and it has to do with a rock tumbler. Um, now I'm not going to try to attempt. I'm just to, I'm not going to attempt to draw a rock tumbler. You want me to? You okay? Eric's going to come. All right, Eric's even come on down to the front. Okay. Okay. All right. He's drawn the tumbler. He says this is the tumbler part. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we've got a base, we've got the tumbler itself, okay, and there's an arrow, and there's a little thing, okay, so you've got a crank or a handle or something, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is with x-ray vision on the side there, okay. All right, cool, all right. So I watched like two or three YouTube videos this afternoon after I heard this thing about a rock tumbler. Um, people put all kinds of things in them because they want to see what happens when you, when you, <laughs> Eric says it looks like a spaceship on the video. Trust me, it's a rock tumbler. Okay. He was braver than I to attempt it. Um, but it's this kind of barrel-like object uh, where you put rocks or maybe other things. Okay. And then you also put in a bit of like sand-like stuff, you know, sand or gravel. Um, and maybe a bit of water as well. And you can get ones that are automatic that you don't have to crank yourself and you can like leave them going for weeks or months or whatever. Right. Yes. Yeah. And what happens is that you, you, when you start, you've got something that's kind of like jagged, unpolished, rough, um, gnarly in some way. Okay. Um, and in fact, I even saw a guy today who put in bits of broken glass, like some glass object shattered and he had all this, these glass fragments they were really jagged and quite dangerous, in fact. Like, one, like, looked exactly like a knife. He was like, this could cut somebody really badly. Okay. So, then he put it in the, in the rock tumbler, and then, like, however long it was later, it was this nice, smoothed, elegant, rounded piece of glass. Okay. Um, and this is the analogy. This is the picture. The good image that I want you to have here about what... Maybe instead of a thought jail or a quarantine box or, you know, 
<laughs> whatever you want to do with that analogy, there's something really useful about this idea of a rock tumbler. Okay. So what Corey was telling me is that he was observing that as he took his thoughts captive, he has some kind of intrusive thought that bothered him. And as he took his thought captive and brought it before Jesus, that it would actually be returned to him by Jesus, polished. Okay, this is just amazing stuff. It's not anything I came up with, so I want to give all credit to him, but it is something that I think I agree with really deeply. And I think it matches a lot of what we already teach and experience in the village when we go through the hot seat models uh, together and we converse about the false beliefs that we have. What we'll realize sometimes is that there's another thought or belief just next to it or maybe underneath it somehow, right? So we got this kind of like, I don't know, jagged, scary thought, right? You know, maybe something, I don't know, something lustful or maybe some kind of like intense hate, hatred or, or anger, okay? Did I spell hatred right? I think I did. Anyway, okay. All right. So you might say, you know, you might say, I hate, and then fill in the blank. Okay, that might be kind of a jagged thought that you have. You put it in the rock tumbler, okay? You bring it before Jesus. Jesus tumbles it around for you, okay? And he returns it to you, okay? as a thought that has the form something like that, and I don't know if that's big enough to be read, but uh, it says, I desire to be loved. And, and I, I, I definitely have experienced this as I've worked through the processes that we try to offer each other in community here at the church, is that I'll come with some kind of really intense emotion uh, that's wrapped up in some false belief got all these jagged edges on it. It's really hurtful just even to experience it inside my own mind, but it can be extremely hurtful to other people as I deploy it in my actions. I bring it before Jesus with the help of my community, and it's revealed to me that part of what's going on underneath all that dangerous, violent stuff, right, or in the case of lust, like maybe just, you know, it's a way of like treating people like objects or um, yeah, just using, pe using people, right? So this like impulse to like use people to get what I want. Okay, but underneath it, there's this desire for intimacy, for, for love, uh, a desire to be understood, right? A desire for pleasure and joy. And those are all great, fantastic things that are inbuilt into us by God and meant to be fulfilled that aren't. And so when they aren't, we lash out and have these beliefs and emotions uh, that take the form of hatred and anger and frustration. But when we take that captive, we give it to Jesus, he'll reveal to us, he'll polish it down and show us what it is that we really want. And then we can offer that in praise and thanksgiving to him. Okay, so I'm going to read Philippians. 
So I was trying to think about, I've been focusing a lot on kind of taking captive, right? This, it's, it's a kind of like negative action. It's a good action. Like you should do it. And it's been really helpful to people that as I've been talking to uh, recently. But I think there's also some, some things that we can do to generate thoughts or have the greater potential for generating thoughts in our minds that we want to have. So I'm going to read to you Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. And this is what the Apostle Paul says elsewhere. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if, is, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So we do, we, do a, we do a song in our church that we've labeled whatever, which is kind of fun and tongue-in-cheek. But, I mean, it's basically this text put into a song format. Uh, and you can use your imagination. You can focus your thoughts onto things that are thankful, that are good, that are admirable. You can, in fact... And it takes some of the same format and same mental discipline as putting thoughts in your thought box, right? But it, it, can, it can take some of the same format if you're talking about uh, don't be anxious, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The language is different, but I think the mental effort is similar. And what I love about Corey's rock tumbler analogy is that I think it fills out this bigger picture of what God then offers us in return as we present things to him. So he simply doesn't say, wow, that was a really terrible thought, Michael, right? Shame on you. That is not what happens. He takes it and he transforms it or he replaces it with what is rightful and good. The quality things that I'm really longing for. And it's not always that I get them, or the promise is not that I'm going to get them in this life or immediately. But it's what Jesus is offering to me through himself in relationship with him. And the promise, the certain hope that I have that in heaven, at the resurrection, these are the kinds of things that are in store for me. I think I'm going to wrap it up there, keep it kind of short. Um, if you have feedback for me, I would really, really love to hear it. Yeah, Eric has some feedback. Okay, so maybe we can just jump on this. Yeah? 
Okay, race it, start over, do a new the rock, to- rock tumbler. <laughs> okay, all right. Yes, heart and mind. Oh, okay. All right. So we've got an oval. Okay. So this is the soul. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Here is your your mind. Ah. Ah, okay. All right. So, so uh, Eric says that this is a more accurate illustration of what a Hebrew person, an ancient Jewish person, would have thought about. Uh, well, I'm going to use a really fancy word. Uh, this would, well, a couple of words. That this is the philosophical or theological anthropology. Okay. <laughs> My wife said I used way too big of words last week when I was trying to simplify things. This is funny. Okay. Okay. But this is the picture of what, what a person is, you know, sans body, which is not nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, look, you've got, you've got these different... <laughs> basically, humans are amoebas. Spiritual, spiritual amoebas. Yeah. Look, illustrating these things that are non-physical sometimes is, can, cause, can cause some problems if we fixate too much on them. But they are helpful, right? They're helpful for giving us a pictorial representation that helps us shape our thoughts more accurately, right? Get control over these ways that we look at things, you know, including ourselves. Like, what are human beings? What kind of aspects do human beings have about them? And by the way, I mean, this is one of the things that you've got as part of your core beliefs. Most of you, I would say. Um, Even if you don't recognize it, is that you have these thoughts, these beliefs about what humans are. Okay? And that is part of what we're going to further explore as we continue talking at Compline on Wednesdays. Uh, How these core beliefs that you have then impact the way that you see all the way, all the rest of the world, you interact with other people, you engage in politics, you try to worship at church, all of these things are impacted by the different beliefs that you have about what humans are at a fundamental level. So I think it's useful to sketch out some of these kinds of things, you know, maybe write about it, reflect about it. Um, I'm not going to get too dogmatic on exactly what picture needs to be the definitive one, but that was cool, and I appreciate the feedback. Yes, hearts and minds are interconnected. They're, they don't exhaust everything about human beings. Uh, but in that same vein, if you've got feedback for me, if you've got thoughts or ideas, um, you have reactions, you would like to bounce stuff off me, if you would like to say, hey, this thing occurred to me, this association came up, this was really helpful, or this was extremely confusing, whatever it is, um, I found it extremely good for me to hear from other people. So uh, if you got my number, text me. If you got my Facebook, Facebook me. If you don't know how to reach me, tell Eric to get a hold of me. You know, do whatever. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, guys. It's been great.